Welcome to the podcast of RUF at USF for students, or as we like to call it in podcast land, poor us. This is your host, Andrew Newman. I'm the campus minister at the University of South Florida with RUF or Reformed University Fellowship. Shout out to all my students who may be listening to this. And I'm here with my co-host, the one and only Kelly Jackson. Thanks, Newman. Uh, I'm the campus minister at Florida State. Go Knowles, and a graduate of the University of Georgia, where I was involved in RUF as an undergrad. Hello to my students as well. And on this, you know, the tagline we've been kind of using, or as Kelly and I have been talking about this podcast, is that we want to attempt to, or maybe this is more mine, I don't know, but we want to attempt to discuss important things about life that I think maybe we don't often talk about. And because of the platform of the podcast, we want to do it with candor. So we want to try to be honest about it and ask questions that maybe you have in your own mind or heart that you would want to ask about these same topics. But we also have to do it with brevity. So we're going to take something that um, you could spend a lot of time talking about, but we're just going to do almost like these flashpoints going through it. This first season of this podcast, if you will, and this first episode, we're going to begin with the Apostles' Creed. And so we're going to attempt to cover this over the course of the semester, maybe 10 to 12 weeks of of, uh, going through the Apostles' Creed. And so intentionally, we're we're going to to deal with it in brevity because of our time limit. But first, I just wanted to, um, before we kind of jump into some of the stuff about the Creed or about the, the contents of the Creed, I just wanted to briefly say that the, the word creed comes from the Latin credo, which means I believe. And so this is a, the Apostle Creed dates back to the second century, and it's, a, it's not written by the apostles, but rather it's, it's based on apostolic teaching. And so this is really something that churches and, and historic Christianity stands on, these, these statements of truth from the creed. Um, and so I figured we'd start this first episode with that very idea. Why is it that um, we should have a creed? Why is it that we need to have truth statements that the church and Christians stand on to say, you know, these things are true? And so um, the, the first thing we could look at maybe is, what, you know, why have a creed? So you'll hear some people will say, um, you know, my only creed is Jesus. Um, but you know, you have to, in some ways, elaborate on that. And that's the whole question of, you know, why, why should we have a creed? So Kelly, what would you say, like, what's the reason for having such a thing as the Apostles' Creed? Well, I mean, and we're going to probably repeat ourselves at times, but when you think about that phrase that you just said, my only creed is Jesus, well, then you've got to think, well, what did Jesus believe? Uh, And I, I oftentimes will tell our students or, you know, I'm doing a a wedding tomorrow uh, that the whole Bible, it does point to Jesus. And so we've got to think, well, what did Jesus believe? What were his beliefs about God? Um, And I think it's very clear throughout uh, the new Testament. When we see Jesus living that he, he believed in the old Testament, that he was a big fan of the Bible. And Mm -hmm. so creeds, you know, like this one, the apostles creed is really just a summary of what the Bible teaches. And you and I as pastors, we believe the whole Bible so the Apostles' Creed is a great, 
you know, brief, like you were talking about brevity earlier, a great brief statement, uh, summary of what scripture teaches. So that's one of the reasons why I love it. Yeah. And I think there's a, I think there's a fear too, that if we, we begin to look at text or language outside of the Bible, that it's going to mean we're, we're getting away from the Bible. Um, but I, there's a little book I've been reading on this Apostles Creed by um, a man named J.I. Packer. And he talks about the creed or he talks about these statements of, of faith, like a creed or a confession as roadmaps. So it's not the actual thing, but if you're going to go through, you know, the state of Florida, you want to know exactly where you're going. And so it's almost like a grid you can lay on top of something to kind of give you an idea of what that the actual thing is about. So that's one way I've kind of heard about creeds being spoken of. Mm-hmm. And I, I would just add to that, you know, the, the idea of a creed or credo, or I believe, you know, it's us kind of rehearsing the faith that we believe, even reminding ourselves mm, yeah. of what the Bible teaches, which it's, I know I'm somebody who forgets things that are true all the time. And so being reminded uh, of what the Bible teaches helps me to kind of rehearse it, uh, which is just helpful for my, my mind, my heart, my life. Yeah. And that, I mean, the other, the kind of follow up on that, I kind of piggyback on what you're saying is that we, um, you know, I think we tend to operate in life a lot of times through our beliefs and yet we don't always articulate the things we believe. And so in some ways you could say everyone has a creed, everyone has a statement. And yet, you know, I would say it's maybe rare even that people would hammer out exactly the things that they believe in. And so something like this, that is short, I think there's about a hundred words in the creed, um, kind of help us help kind of center us on what we, the statements of truth that we stand on as Christians. Um, so how, so Kelly, what would you say to, um, kind of to maybe to the skeptic or to the person who doubts, um, that we can actually know and believe things, how would you in, maybe give them advice on, um, figuring out what they believe? I know it's a kind of a big question, but I didn't know if you had any advice on maybe searching yourself or searching the things that you maybe operate out of. Um, but maybe you do so unknowingly, what would you say to that person? Yeah. I mean, I think only God can see to the heart and judge the heart. But oftentimes when I have quiet time to think, I'll reflect back on, you know, the day, the decisions that I made, the words that I spoke, the actions that I took, and kind of try to think backwards from there and think, why did I do the things that I did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bible is pretty clear that our hearts are, are restless. Our hearts are sinful, uh, that we need Jesus. And I think that, you know, whether it's the Christian or the non-Christian, we can always ask ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing? What is my motivation? And for the Christian, you know, you have the creed, which is actually ultimately rooted in the Bible that helps us understand why we do, why we do what we do and, and why we were created in the way that we were. And of course the Bible talks about the fall, uh, but man, creeds and, and scripture are extremely helpful for us to dig into what were my intentions, you know, for good or for bad. Uh, am I moving? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I think even living, like living as a human, we in some ways want to live as a whole person. And it's, I think it's inevitable that we will um, live, you know, inconsistent lives at times where we 
all the time. Even think to, or all the time, yeah. I mean, we think to ourselves, why did I do that? Why, why was I angry with my mom or why was I angry with my roommate when I didn't think that I, I had any kind of anger in my heart towards that person? And so you're, you're constantly, like you, I think you're saying, like you look back in your day and you, you kind of wonder why you do these things. And I think as a Christian, part of living um, the faith out and living in obedience to Christ is living a life of integrity and living a life kind of uh, as a whole, you know, um, being consistent with the things that we believe. Definitely. So, okay. So I think that's, that's at least a good starter on maybe why a creed. Um, I know that Kelly, um, he has the apostles creed printed all over his room. It's, it's pretty much just wallpaper. I think it was the last time I was at his house. I saw that. So he's always, he's always got it before his eyes, which is good. Um, the second thing I wanted to, touch on which is maybe a little I was, I was kind of curious to how this would go because this is maybe a little deeper but wanted to know what your thoughts were um as we talk you know as i was just saying like i think part of being human is living in congruity with the things that we believe but i think one of the first things that we do and this is i kind of asked you that question earlier one of the first things i think that is a responsibility maybe as a human is to define things that we believe but to, to uh, figure out what we believe and how we know what we believe, I think is important. So um, how would you say, hmm, how, how do we know what we know? And, and, and um, how do we know what we, uh, how can we kind of come to know what we know um, about God and about kind of these, as I said in the beginning, these important things about life. Is there, is there a way to do that? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, just thinking about my short 32 years of life, uh, is experience. And I know you and I both, uh, you know, have, have made all kinds of mistakes. And so growing up in the church, um, I became a Christian probably somewhere around middle school, high school. Uh, but through the experiences of choosing to do the right thing for maybe the right reasons or the wrong reasons, uh, falling on my face enough times, uh, eventually I figured out, man, I need help even in terms of like a lens through which to look at life and interpret reality. It is not working doing this thing by myself. Uh, and so, you know, sort of in a, a weird answer to your question, I feel like scripture became this new set of lenses or even this new like magnifying glass where it's like, Oh wow, it gets me. Like, the Bible is this living, breathing thing that, that gets me, that makes, that makes reality make a whole lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, and so, I'm, you know, obviously we learn about God, we learn about humanity, we learn about how the world is broken and why it's broken. And so for me personally, and I think you would probably agree with this, the world started to make a whole lot more sense as I studied scripture and was like, whoa, this is totally my reality. You yeah. know, and it's people's reality for you know since the beginning yeah and the and i think the you know john calvin is kind of famous for saying this like his john calvin for those listening who don't know who he is is a theologian from the 16th century who wrote this you know famous big work and there's a bunch of editions of it but it's called the institutes of the christian religion and he begins the whole thing by saying our knowledge of God depends on our knowledge of cells and, and, and kind of says vice versa. I'm not quoting him verbatim, but um, one way to truly know ourselves is by seeking God's face or know, seeking to know God. And the same as 
as we seek to know ourselves, we will better understand and, and know God. And yeah. um, so there's this, you know, um, intimate in relationship between our knowledge of God and knowledge of self. Um, and I think, you know, we, we tend to maybe think of how can I better know myself almost as an, um, you know, autonomous, like I can figure out who I am by myself or I can kind of make myself. Um, and I think the, the, you know, going back to what the Bible says is I think we kind of know ourselves by knowing who God is. Definitely. And you even think about your relationships or like your wife, Megan, who I'm also friends with, like if I wanted to learn more about Andrew, uh, I, I could probably ask Megan who experiences Andrew and is outside of Andrew. Yeah. So in a similar way, just thinking about ourselves, like God speaking through scripture and the spirit working uh, supernaturally uh, helps us know ourselves better. Like we can't do it alone. Just yeah. like you unity normally to know yourself better. We definitely need God uh, to know ourselves and him better. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, if we're to apply this to the college life and the college student who we're hoping, you know, to reach and to speak to, <laughs> um, the, you know, the, I think traditionally maybe people think of college in a bunch of different ways in that they think I'm coming to college for the, the best four years of my life. You know, this is where I'm going to have the most fun or I'm coming to college so that I can leave with a degree and maybe a better, better prospects on life. But, you know, I think traditionally the university has been thought of as a place to gain knowledge of self and knowledge of the world. So it's all, I heard this the other day, it's almost like this, um, you know, monastic retreat from your everyday life so that you can be equipped to better see yourself and the world as you re-enter it after college. And so anyways, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of jumbling there, but I think this, the reason I'm saying that whole, that whole thing is that um, I, I think at least as we study the creed and look at this, I think this helps maybe you, the listener, to think this may be a time in my life where I need to think about the things that I believe. You know, why do I believe this about the world? Why do I believe this about myself or my parents? Or, you know, why do I feel like I don't have what I want? Or why do I feel like, you know, this is what my life is going to look like in five years? Because um, that certainly was the case for me. I don't know, Kelly, what and what was it like in, for, in college for you? Like, did you think about these type, types of things? Or And I think I, I was very excited. I was looking for an experience. Uh, to reiterate, I went to the University of Georgia. Newman, you went to NC State, right? Okay. So I think we were both looking for an experience in college, but God definitely surprised me because when I got there, the biggest, you know, most moving thing that I experienced was Christian community that I found in RUF, mm -hmm. the team that I heard in RUF. And I really feel like I began to fall in love with the church, uh, both the one that I attended and, you know, God reaching out through the church in the community of RUF uh, to show me how, you know, how I needed the Bible this theology to inform and, and mold and shape, you know, the Plato that is my brain and my heart. Yeah. Uh, and that it did actually need to flow out into my life. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's like the, I think you made a good point about the, the church and belief and that we, you know, as we, as we're, as we've been talking about this, like 
it seems to be a um, almost a personal journey. Like you individually have to figure out what you believe, which is which is definitely partly true, but needs to be also in the context of other people. Mm-hmm. And and the you know the Bible gives us um, the church as the bride of Christ, and that is the place um, with all of its warts and you know messiness um, as the place where you kind of work out this this life of faith and obedience, which is a great transition to the third point. So the third question I, I have to kind of discuss is what is the role of belief or faith in the life of a Christian? Mm. That's such a good question. Yeah. I mean, you're immediately making me think of like uh, the book of James where I think he basically asks the question or he's talking to this hypothetical person and saying like some of, some of you say, that you have uh you have faith and and not works uh he says i'll i'll show you my faith by my works like your faith needs to be worked out lived out practiced manifested uh in your life and i mean there are definitely times all the time where i confess that like my faith it's like there's a block between my faith and the praxis and so or something like a creed is super helpful because as I remind myself, this is what I believe and it, and it matters in my life. Uh, I think it's really going to help me then get up, you know, from the ch- church pew or the chair I'm sitting in and think, well, how can I go do this? Of yeah. course, on the spirit, but like, uh, I think the Bible is pretty clear that faith should change your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think there's, I mean, I think it was also this like, at least this was my experience when I, I became a Christian when I was in college. There's almost a sense when you become a Christian or you're a young Christian, you're like, okay, what do I need to do? Like you, you almost like, like give me a task. Do I, do I go feed the homeless? Do I go, you know, help with the widows? Like, just tell me what to do. And, and certainly there's a time to, to go just do stuff and to find ways to serve and volunteer. But I think there's a, the, at least in thinking of the way or the role that, you know, faith and belief play in the life of Christian is it helps us to kind of instruct us and guide our lives because every, you know, you know, the, the works that James speaks of that Kelly mentioned is not just, you know, going to the food shelter, going help, helping out with the soup kitchen or whatever it is, even though that certainly is included in it. It's also a daily thing, you know, like this morning I changed a diaper. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not very glorious, but it's also, something we can do to the glory of God. So, you know, the faith that we have informs every little crevice of life, whether it's changing diapers or, you know, being a student, which I think a lot of college students, including myself when I was in college, thought of, you know, my life as a student is kind of separate from my life as a Christian. Like I go to church, I go to my Bible studies in RUF, then I have to kind of drag myself to class and get through school. But really the Christian life does not make that separation. Yeah, you make me think of the curtain being torn too at Jesus's resurrection uh, or when he's crucified and that, you know, that symbolizing the spirit now being out among people, but that that secular sacred divide also sort of being done away with. In many ways, like you're saying, as we're more and more sanctified, made holy, uh, the dividers will be removed in internally and externally where we'll start to see all of life through this, you know, gospel lens that informs everything from changing a diaper 
to taking a bite of food, but then also definitely to how I am a friend to my classmate, my friend in RUF, you know, my family members, even what I'm going to do in college and after college. Yeah. And it really, I mean, it's, it, there's something really exciting about that because it's all encompassing. It's not, you know, the, I always, you know, kind of hated the idea that after college, I was going to be enslaved to the nine to five where you work your Monday to Friday job and then you enjoy your weekend then go back to nine to five and then you wait till retirement. And there's something to the, the Christian life and the idea that the faith goes into every little you know, corner of our lives where we get to live every day that, you know, with purpose and every day with direction rather than kind of that separation. Okay. Last thing I'll kind of end on this, Kelly. Yeah. Um, you know, this, it's, it's one thing to say, I believe as we'll, you know, the, the apostles Creed and, and as we'll look at it this semester, it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to actually believe that. Right. And that to be something that's like couched in your heart and you operate out of, um, so where is that like, where is that bridge between just kind of mental ascent and, 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 and saying, yeah, that's true to it being almost like something that organically transforms your life, that you are, you're, you've really kind of digested these truths and they are being lived out. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been a Christian for a, a while since probably middle school. Uh, but man, it's a slow process. And the Bible speaks of walking by faith, not by sight. You know, so it's a step by step thing. Yeah. I am in many ways. One would say maybe daily. Yeah, daily. Um, but I'm, I'm daily depending and relying less and less on myself and more and more on God. And so anything that looks to be a life-giving life informing uh, action or truth from him uh, because I think we were created by him and for him and it's, everything's going to run way, way smoother. The machine that is Kelly or Andrew, as we let him shine light on it. And so I think scripture, it, it does speak into all of life as we learn, like one of my favorite bands, Switchfoot says a new way to be human. You know, you're born and you're, you, you live this sinful way. And so it is this step-by-step day-by-day uh, thing of, Oh, this way that I was choosing to live, you know, or rely on my, be motivated by my anxiety, let's say, or my pride, let's say I need to check that. I need to die to that. And, and then I look to scripture or in our case, you know, scripture manifested or summarized in this creed to, to, slightly correct it and inform it with the gospel of Jesus. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, you, you and I, and we still make mistakes. We go back to the old way. We revert oftentimes. Uh, and so it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nope. And so I think in the words of Hal Farnsworth, the Christian in many ways, it's not that we're, um, we're, we're less sinful. We are growing in holiness, but we're becoming faster and faster at repentance yeah. ourselves in sin and saying, Nope, I need Jesus there too. Um, so yeah way for me how about you yeah that i think you know we were kind of discussing this passage or this verse before we got on today um from mark 9 where um this father has is kind of begging jesus to heal his child and um 
the and, and from from this demon, I guess, uh, in Mark nine. And uh, now I feel bad because I don't know this story by heart. But um, Jesus says, if you you know if you can like with you know in in uh, kind of wondering if if the father believes that Jesus can do this thing, and Jesus says, all things are possible for one who believes. And so the father then says right after that. He cries out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And, and that, I think, illustrates for us two big things. First, that we are constantly in this battle of, of believing in the promises of God and believing that, even, even believing that God is really there for us um, in Christ. And that's, I think that would be the first thing, that we you know, are constantly in this struggle. The second thing is that, Faith and belief are something that come from God. And so that is where we need to go and ask for it. So if you, you know, if, you know, I'm speaking to the listeners at this point, but if you're, if you're out there and you feel like you struggle with doubt, you struggle with actually holding on to these, these true statements that the Bible um, proclaims, don't, you know, try to drum it up in yourself. Rather, I think it's, it's a gift that you are given to, given um, by God, I think that's where you need to go to asking for that that gift of belief, that gift of faith. Yeah, and Andrew, to piggyback on that, Philippian jailer in Acts sixteen, when he goes up to Jesus or to Paul, he says, "What must I do to be saved?" Paul simply responds, "Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ." Like that's where it all begins, and and it's almost like God's reeling us in, you know, or like in the language of C.S. Lewis, further up and further in. Yeah. Um, and that, I, feel, I feel like we could. This the whole idea of belief and its central role. I mean, really, you could say the, the the central role of faith in the life of a Christian as the instrument of salvation, as you know, or as the um, as a gift from God. Like these things, we talk on forever. But um, I think time wise, probably wrap it up. Um, as always, this is well. First, not as always. First, this is our first podcast. If you have any comments, suggestions, big, big goof ups. If I, if I stuttered too much or Kelly, if you're, if you're wondering who's behind the silvery tongue um, on the other end, you want to meet him. You can, you can leave a, a comment on the podcast page or find us on RUF at USF where I am or Kelly's at RUF at Florida state. So um, thanks for listening and we will see you next time.